This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today, I've titled my podcast, Places, Everyone. I'm talking about the positions God has assigned to us in a family. I will focus on the father, mother, and children. Now I know there are several different types of families or situations in a family. Not all families match the positions God has ordained. Families unable to have children, those where the father or mother are absent, orphans, and such situations. So I'll be addressing just a nuclear family. For those families with different circumstances, glean what you can from this podcast. To get us started, I need to do a little bit of background work. During the miraculous creation of the earth in six 24-hour days, God created mankind. The Hebrew word Adam is translated into the English word mankind. It means ground or earthly and refers to the first man created by God and becomes his proper name. He was created in the image of God from the dust of the earth. God breathed into his body the spirit of life and the man became a living being. Or another translation says, the man became a speaking spirit. This last and greatest creation is centered around a couple of specific purposes. One, to have a relationship with his spirit creator and with other humans and become the ruler of God's creatures on earth. Man is different from all other creatures in that he has attributes of God, is a spirit, has a conscience conscience, and is self-aware. Adam was placed in a lush garden full of fruit trees. He was given the task to maintain the garden and a choice to obey God or eat the forbidden fruit and die. God then went to work to find the man a helper to match him. Nothing in all creation was able to match the likeness of Adam. So the first sedated operation took place, and God removed some of the attributes from Adam and made the woman. Now Adam called his wife's name Eve, possibly the Hebrew word life-giver, because she would be the mother of all people. Now in the beautiful and perfect creation, the fallen angel of light, Satan, comes to Eve with his lying trickery. He twists God's words. Eve falls for the bait, somehow ignoring what God had told Adam. Genesis 3.6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. The disaster of disobedience brought God's judgment. Let's read a couple of verses, starting in Genesis 3.16. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbirth. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain 
You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. We need this background established so that we understand God's stance in the whole situation and how He has set up the family to relate and work in unity. God has assigned positions for a family to properly function, and it is the basic fabric of any society. If a family is out of God's designed order, the whole of society will feel the negative effects. It is necessary that we who believe in God and His Word line up with these basic principles. As soon as Eve came on the scene, we are introduced to marriage. Genesis 2.24 Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Jesus affirms this position while answering the Pharisees who are testing him about divorce. In Matthew 19.4, he starts with, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female. And then he repeated the above scripture in Genesis. At the end, he adds, What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. The restriction to separate or divorce comes up again in 1 Corinthians 7, 10-11. To the married I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and the husband should not divorce his wife. After review of these verses and others, I have made these summary points. God created marriage, a committed, intimate relationship for one male and one female. Marriage is between a man and a woman of the same faith. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The man is to leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. This word united is a very strong word. It means to cleave or be completely joined to. Through marital intimacy, they become one flesh, one body. Marital intimacy should not be withheld except by mutual agreement for a specified time of prayer. Marriage is for a lifetime. Divorce is unacceptable except for marital unfaithfulness or if an unbeliever abandons the marriage. Why is this all so important? It's because marriage is an example of the relationship between Christ and His Church and therefore becomes an important ministry. For those of you with broken families, there is grace and healing through Jesus Christ. God's provision for this grace is simple. Confess any sin, ask for forgiveness, and receive that forgiveness, and start in the situation you find yourself in. Seek the Lord, and He will give you insight and direction. He loves you enough to sacrifice His Son so that you could be restored so don't wait another minute. Let us now, now talk about the man's position in the family. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, 
love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Going to verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Love is a commitment that sometimes has emotions. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved, a sacrificial servant love always working to provide for her good, ensuring security, stability, and a godly example. I remember some 36 years ago standing before my wife and a preacher making that commitment. I was keenly aware of God's presence and that I was making this commitment to her before Him. It was as if He was saying, You are now responsible before me to fulfill this vow. I've taken it seriously. The marriage commitment is sacred. I often read 1 Corinthians 13 for a love checkup. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, we learn what a godly man should look like. And there's other verses, but let me read this one. Now, the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, nor violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. Ephesians 5.23, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body. I save that for last. This is a powerful picture of the position and responsibility the husband has in the family. He will set the tone, the climate or atmosphere of a family, and it will have lasting effects on all involved. This is a very important calling from God And that's exactly what it is. It's a calling. And this satanic world system is set to destroy God's perfect design. So be on your guard. Know the Bible. Understand what God is calling you to. Ephesians 6.4 Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The Bible is full of examples of God's calling and command to raise children, to know God and His Word. This is an important job and responsibility for a father, from Abraham to David, from Solomon to Jesus, and right down to our current time. The teaching of children is of great importance. I said last verse before, but here's the last verse. And I read some of these verses because I cannot expound on them. They, they speak for themselves. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing may hinder your prayers. Let's switch to ladies now. And please hear me out completely before judging what I say, and you should judge what I say, and compare it with the Bible. Back up in Ephesians 5.22, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. 
For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. 1 Peter chapter 3, the writer just explained Jesus' obedience to the Father, even to the point of a cursed death. And then he writes, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair or the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of the inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. These verses and similar ones have been misused by some men, some churches, and by the world's evil systems. First, this is a calling and a position commanded by God. It is not a put-down. It is not a demeaning position. It is not a degradation of the worth of any woman. This is what the world would tell you. And it is powerful and prevalent in our Western societies. But this is a calling from the Lord, and it is for His purpose. This is the same position, a picture of where all men and women stand before Christ. This is not a contest or a game. This is serious and requires obedience to the Lord. It does not take away from a married woman's intelligence, capabilities, or social standings. It has to be clear, this is a calling from God. I've learned many principles while walking with the Lord. My wife and I have been married for 36 years, raised three children, and I've and both my wife and I, we have taught in-depth parenting classes for seven years. Ladies, let me tell you one important thing right here. No one can make you submit to your husband. Not even the Lord will make you do anything. It is your choice. It is an act of obedience to the Lord, not to your husband. Titus 2, 4 and 5 says, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their husbands, so that the word of God may not be reviled. Again, it's a ministry. It's a calling. It's a witness for Jesus. I'll finish up with children and keep it short. Listen to my podcast, Blessings Beyond Number, for a little more about children. Their calling is to obedience and respect. Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, unless your parents are demanding illegal or immoral activities, your calling is pretty simple. It may not be easy, 
but it is not complicated. I remember well a young girl whose father was a rebel. The girl became a Christian, and the father balked at the newfound faith and mocked her for it. Soon, though, the father noticed the change in the child's behavior and even became a little interested in Christ himself. He gave her full reign to attend church and youth group outings. Her new beliefs required obedience, and so she was more obedient to her parents. This opened doors of peace and trust. There's so much more, but I want to end the podcast at this point. The Bible clearly describes that in the last days there will be terrible times. People will go from bad to worse right down to evil, rejecting God's perfect design. There will be a great falling away from godliness and faith in Christ. Some of the things I've mentioned sound unreasonable in the world we live in. But don't be fooled. God's ways are everlasting and will serve you well in the light of eternity. Remember, God is in the redeeming business, and He wants to help you through whatever difficulty you find yourself in. Seek Him. Get to know Him. He will help you. This is the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. Feel free to contact me on my webpage at thecleansoul.org.